Planning to replace your income with an online course? Listen to this first. What would you do if I told you that when applied correctly, the internet has opportunities that will rake in more money than the 9 to 5 that you're currently pushing? One such opportunity is online courses. One of the, one of the reasons millions of people get on the internet is to learn new things. There is almost nothing you can't learn from the internet. This is why the internet is a gold mine, and online courses are one of the many ways to mine it. Online courses are simply vehicles selling knowledge that you already possess. There is always someone who is willing to pay good money for something that you have above average knowledge of. How much you make depends on how you apply yourself. And that's why this episode or article, depending on where you are accessing this information, will show you how. By the time you get to the other end of what you're reading right now or listening right now, you should know enough to replace your income with online courses. Read on. I have to say one more thing, though, that this episode is for beginners. So if you're just studying to create an online course, if you're just planning to create an online course and you want to venture into online business and you have a skill or knowledge on something that you want to create an online course on, then this episode is for you. This episode is not for you or may not be for you if you're already have some knowledge on how to create courses, how to market yourself, etc, etc. So if you're a complete beginner and you're doing everything from scratch, this episode is for you. All right, let's dive in. So the phase one is the research phase. Now, think of it for a moment. What's the point of creating a course that no one will buy? So you will have to do some research, right? And ask yourself hard questions. For instance, what do I know enough about? Ask yourself, what do I know enough about? Is it something that people will be willing to pay for? Another way to put this is to ask yourself if the knowledge you're about to sell is in high demand. Now, obviously, there is a way of answering all these three questions, or in fact, you know, maybe more questions just in the research phase. There's a way when you ask yourself, what do I know enough about? It means you have to do an exercise related to that question. You have to sit down, you have to list down five things that you know enough about. And then let's move on to the next question. Is it something that people will be willing to pay for? Sit down, take a piece of paper and pen, write down five things that you think that people would be willing to pay for. And then move on to the next question, which is, do you think that something that you have knowledge of, do you think that particular demand, uh, that particular skill is in demand and people would be willing to pay for? So sit down and do the research. Now, the answers to these questions will guide your choice of topic and how the process will go. Your research should also cover the pricing of online courses. So, for example, you are doing the competitive research, the competitor research, and you figure that, yes, there are people in your niche who have already created a course on that similar topic. 
like yourself, like the one that you're planning to create a course on. And now that you see that, yes, these five people that you found out <laughs> have different price points. Okay, so one of your competitor is charging, let's say, $597 for the course, while there's another one who's charging $997. And then there's another one who's charging $1,597. So what's the difference between these three courses? What are the points that differentiate one course from the another? Right, so make a note of all those things. And then what you bring to the market that offers more or different value from what is available at the moment is the, is the thing that you need to sit down and ponder on, okay? So these three courses that you found out, and I'm just taking an example. So what else can you bring to the table, right? How can you differentiate yourself from others? Now, sometimes it's not possible to differentiate as far as the topic is concerned. So for example, if I create a course on something like how to create an online course, it's obvious that if someone else is also creating a course on that particular topic, there are certain topics, there are certain modules, lessons that will overlap, right? And I hope you guys agree with that. So oftentimes people differentiate using branding oftentimes people differentiate using a particular market like the target a particular niche right so you could do that as well now at the end of this stage once you're done with this exercise you should have a viable topic and idea of what obtains in your niche you're about to enter and the right pricing for your courses your research is important because the amount of money you make is dependent on your target audience, price point, marketing, strategy, all of which will not be optimized without research. So that being said, let's move on to the next phase, which is take action. So once you're done with the research, you have to take action, right? So now that you know enough to start, you should get an outline for your online course create modules and lessons which will be subject to the means of delivery or method of delivery. What format you decide to use is up to you and what you're trying to teach. Now, obviously, when I say it's up to you, it means that you will have five or six options or two or three options that you can choose from. Now, I'm going to create different episodes and talk about the formats, but right now, it's up to you to choose, all right? Now, Bear in mind that teaching preferences and the demands of the media you intend to use, and you're good. Remember that the success of your content depends on how engaging and learner-centered your content is. Make no mistake about that. Devote as much time and effort to creating the kind of content that people would be willing to part with hard-earned money for. Remember, when someone pays... It's a pain for them. They're paying, not only are they paying for their pain, not only are they paying for the, the problem that they want to solve, even when they are paying the money, it's a pain for them, okay? And so you have to ease that pain. You have to make them feel that it's okay. It's okay that that money is going because um, they are going to get something out of it. The ROI is going to be more than the pain that they are going through right now. You know what I mean? I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say. So, for example, 
Um, I'm trying to explain this pain concept to you. For example, you visit a store and you have kids and your kids just start, they want to, they want to buy something, they want to buy a toy and you don't want to spend money on that toy. But then your kids are, are pushing you to buy that, buy that, insisting you again and again to buy that toy. What do you do now? You also, you're, you're trying to solve a problem. Okay. You're trying, you want to, you want to make your kids happy. You want to give them a toy so that they are happy. At the same time, you don't want to spend that money on a piece of toy, right? So you're facing two pains. You're facing two problems in, the, in that moment. Now, that's the same kind of pain sometimes people feel, even though they want to invest, even though they want to make um, a better future for themselves. Still, they feel, oh my goodness, I have to spend $500, you know? So if you can ease that pain as much as possible nothing better than that. Okay. People will give you money. People will trust you. People will be willing to work with you more and more and more in the future. Now, here's another example of what I mean when I say that the success of your content depends on how engaging and learner-centered your content is. So for instance, pretend that you're an algebra teacher who developed a course targeted for teenage homeschoolers. Now, one of its main benefits is the fact that it will allow the parent to rely on your expertise to teach their kid rather than on their questionable math skills, okay? <laughs> More than that though, your course comes with engaging and interactive activities that will enable the student to quickly grasp the fundamentals of algebra. Imagine how cool is that? You know, you are providing them with engaging and interactive activities. Now, this you claim is in stark contrast to the average run-of-the-mill curriculum, which is based on boring textbooks and outdated teaching methods. So, what I'm trying to say is when you are providing something that people will be willing to pay you money for, go ahead and do that. Sit for a moment and brainstorm. How can you make that the course more engaging and interactive and learner-centered? At the same time, keep in mind that not every person learns the same way. So for example, a kid might learn from acti activities. A kid might learn from um, different type of examples, but at, this, at the same time, an adult would not learn from uh, worksheets, you know, from too much of interactivity, maybe. So you have to keep in mind, for whom are you creating the course, okay? At what level they are already when they buy your course? Do they have any previous knowledge on the concept? So if I'm teaching people marketing, for example, I have to consider who is my audience. Do they have previous knowledge on marketing or are they absolute beginners, right? So keeping that in mind, I will create my course. I'm going to give you another example. When I started to learn French back in 2013, I remember that our books were so interactive, even though I wasn't a kid at that time. It's just, you know, seven years back. And our books were so interactive. Our books had pictures and dialogues and there were characters. And all of the people in that classroom started relating to those 
characters, you know, everyone had different names and we would do, um, you know, plays and we would do dialogue exchange and, you know, all of that. So it kind of made it super interactive. So even though we were not kids, I mean, we are not kids, <laughs> um, we were able to learn so much from that engaging and interactive content that we are, our institute created for us. So keep in mind that it's not that adult means boring, right? But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you start spoon feeding everything to people. So you have to understand where are the people coming from? Are they absolute beginners related to that topic? Or do they have some kind of previous knowledge on that particular topic? All right. So in the last example that I gave you, the run-of-the-mill curriculum, now, the, the, answer, the point is that because you or our character, our example in this story is creating these interactive activities, this is going to catch the attention of the parent and the parent would be willing to pay for such a thing, right? So, next point is that you try to minimize errors and glitches because the more professional you come across as the better for your brand and your bank account. Now, I'm not saying that you start stalling launching your online course in pursuit of perfection. Okay, so keep that in mind. But as much as, much as you can, try to minimize the errors. Also, create engaging learning outcomes that let your potential students know what they will be able to do, know and feel should they take up your course. Now, this is another another important thing that I feel that most new or aspiring course creators make mistake or miss, that they do not create engaging learning outcomes, you know, uh, or in, in a layman, lesson titles, lesson headings, lesson descriptions, and module descriptions. So make sure that your lesson descriptions, your module titles, headings, and descriptions, everything is engaging so that your potential students know what they will be able to do, know, and feel. Okay, so I'm talking about three things here, do, know, and feel. Should they take up your course? Now, you might want to create a logo or a color theme that features in your content if you are permitted to. Now, this is absolutely optional, you know. What I'm trying to say is you can match your slides to your brand colors and themes you know and all of that now once you have created compelling content choose a platform that suits and go live okay when i say go live launch your course upload your online course now one more thing do not think that i'm saying that you create your course first and then launch it okay i'm not saying that we always suggest, I always suggest that you create at least module one of your course and you start pushing the content out, you, your launching content, your marketing content out. Or even if you are doing a beta launch, you know, you start connecting with people, your potential customers uh, and talk about your beta launch, your beta program. But even at that time, your module one should be ready and finished, okay? This is something when you already have a set of students, you know, in your program and you already have a few testimonials and then you want to launch your course again, okay? 
that's when you need to consider that, okay, now my all my modules are done, all my courses complete. So what I need to do, I need to launch it again. Now, so the phase three is go live. Once you've picked up your platform, upload your course, launch it. At the same time, make sure that marketing is important. Market like your life depends on it. And it sure does. <laughs> it definitely depends on your your course's life definitely depends on marketing now it is one thing to have a good product it is another to make money off it the difference between both eventualities is your marketing strategy after conducting your research you should know what strategy best suits your drive to make money as possible from your online course at the same time remember that you don't have to be perfect when you're beginning, you know, you, you can test, you can test a few things, see if something is working for you, see if it is not working for you, and then probably test a particular strategy for six months, nine months, or in a year. And if it's not working, then move on to the next strategies. Strategy. I'm not saying that you keep jumping, you know, from one to another, like every month. Don't do that. Let the, let people come to know you and see, wait for the strategy to work. If it doesn't, then move on to the next one. So also money does not just start streaming because you have an online course. And I hope that you are pretty much aware of that. Here are some of the vehicles you can use in executing effective marketing that drive the sales of your online courses. You could start with podcasters and bloggers who are looking to make it big too. They already have a decent fellowship in their intended niche. And since they are constantly in need of premium content, it does not hurt to team up with them. Everyone is happy, you, the blogger, and the audience. Most importantly, such platforms give you the cred and validation you need to win an audience. You might also want to exploit as many social media channels as possible, taking advantage of your online network to market your online courses. Then there is a webinar masterclass channel. When applied correctly, webinars are vehicles for high conversion rates. Use this vehicle to build your list by offering some key course content. You also have the option of creating cash injections by launching your course a couple of times a year. And you could also use what is known as evergreen sales funnels. A sales funnel is an automated multi-step process that turns your site visitors to buyers. Uh, they generate automated sales once they have been properly executed. You're not restricted to any of these options. And I have to say that there are many, many more options. But once you understand the dynamics of, the, of your niche, you can customize a model that works for you. You can customize a strategy that works for you. And go ahead with that because the goal is to generate sales. And the goal is also a, a fabulous user experience, right? So even though sometimes some strategies work, like for instance, you know, putting content on Facebook and then people find you and then they connect with you or putting content on Instagram. At the same time, you have to understand that user experience plays a big greater role because when people start connecting with you on your website, what do they do? What actions do they take on your website is different. That kind of user experience is different from when they find you on Facebook. 
and, and, and it's different from when they find you on Instagram. So make sure that even though some strategy is working for you, you still need to see whether it's good for the user experience um, for, in, for future, right? Now, if you believe that you already have a sales funnel in place, you have a masterclass for list building, or you have another kind of lead magnet, and you're putting content out there regularly, but nothing is converting, then it means one of the two things. Either you have a broken sales funnel, that is, there is a loophole in your funnel that you're not able to recognize. Or secondly, that your content isn't great. Now, to solve the first problem, listen to my previous episode, why IDA sales funnel may not be working for you, even though you're putting out a lot of content out there. To solve the second problem, Stay tuned to the next episode and we shall cover the converting aspects of a content piece, what, co- me, what it means to have a converting content piece, all right? Now, what if you already have an online course, but customers or students are not finishing it? Well then, my friend, you need to update your course content. Nothing stays, stays the same forever, especially knowledge. There are always going to be new things to be learned and old things to unlearn. This is why you should update your online content every year, if not in a few months. Now, I'm not saying that keep upgrading your content, your course content every single month. I'm just saying try to launch it. Whenever you're launching, just make sure that you change a few things, if necessary, in your course. Keeping abreast of changes in your niche ensures that your course content stays current and relevant. This way, you attract even more students and avoid damaging bad reviews because trust me, we all fear bad reviews. The update should not be restricted to the content alone. You should also look into the valuable links that may be faulty. Yes, this is something very important because so many times we have all those links placed in Google Docs or on our website also sometimes, we don't update them. And they are pointing to 404 pages and 404 error or a 404 page means that it doesn't exist anymore, right? So make sure that those kind of things are not there. And outdated information doesn't help your students and can lead to bad reviews. And I think we all are aware of that, right? So don't forget to check any fix any broken links to resources. Yeah, make sure that you check that as well. So the takeaway of this episode is making enough money via your online course is easy once you know how to. If you read this point or listen to the episode till this point, I bet you have learned a thing or two that you will find useful. Remember, there is an episode that I published, I think, Um, second last episode to this one and I talked about why IDA sales funnel may not be working for you because so many people think yes we have a website yes we have a master class yes we have a lead magnet but nothing is happening yes we are putting out the content out there on Instagram but nothing is happening so it's possible that there's a loophole in your sales funnel and look forward to my next episode on the Guri show that talks about the converting aspects of a content piece, all right? Now, if you're a beginner, I'm sure this episode 
would have helped you, you know, given you some insight on how to proceed on your course creation journey. I've mentioned, I'm summarizing these key points. I'm, I've mentioned in the episode and, and I'm restating that thing that you don't have to complete your entire course and then go on marketing it. You can finish module one or module two, the first two modules, and then proceed to create marketing strategy and create the hype about your course in the on the social media. At the same time, make sure that when you're creating your course, you do not sacrifice on the quality. You make sure you understand, you keep in mind that you're creating it for impact. And so make sure that you're creating it for learning and not just for the sake of creating it, not just for the sake of money. And your responsibility doesn't end when someone has paid you money. Your responsibility remains even when someone is consuming your information. So make sure you do that. And I'll be publishing more and more episodes on how to create an effective online course. And let me know if you have questions. Do subscribe to The Guri Show. Do comment what you feel about this episode. And talk soon. Take care till then.